Amen. Good singing this morning. Welcome to Monclover Road Baptist Church. I hope that you're doing well. And uh, how many of you had a great Thanksgiving? Anybody? Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And now you can say Merry Christmas and put your Christmas lights up and tree up without getting up people upset with you because it's not Thanksgiving yet. But uh, how many of you got Christmas lights up already? Good. How many of you waited till the day after Thanksgiving? All right. How many of you had them up since last year? You just never took the lights down. You're one of those neighbors, huh? All right, Acts chapter 27 this morning. Acts 27. And uh, last Sunday in November. This year is almost over. And it seems like this year just started. We've been through a lot this year. You've been through a lot this year as families and uh, our church, jobs and health. We've got several people still in the hospital. I want to um, ask that you continue to pray for Justin Hammaker. We have been praying for him and uh, got word yesterday that uh, he's still on the ventilator and they're trying to uh, wean him off of, of that. So if you would um, continue to pray for him. And uh, Julie Hammaker was in the hospital as well, but she's home and uh, got uh, word this morning from them. They would just like to thank the church for all the prayers. Uh, the family's really been through a lot uh, over the last week and a half or so. So if you'll continue to pray for them. And Sarah, uh, Justin's wife, obviously that's a difficult thing. Um, she's home with the kids, not able to see him. Um, just just having to talk to doctors by phone. So pray for uh, Sarah, if you would please as well. I know that's got to be difficult for her. And uh, Barb Beasley, I believe, uh, still in the hospital as well. Uh, last word I had yesterday, she was doing better, um, but uh, continue to pray. And I know there's others. If I start naming them, I'm going to forget uh, someone. But uh, we've got a lot of folks that uh, are sick right now, and uh, so we need to pray. The Lord will just strengthen them. We come to an interesting chapter in Acts chapter 27. Paul is going to set sail to Rome. He is going to be tried by um, Caesar. He has been accused by the Jews, and we've been studying through this. So if you've been following along, then uh, you know where we're at here in Acts chapter 27. Paul is, is uh, uh, taken before the king and the governor. The Jews are seeking to kill him, the religious elite, the, the chief priest. Paul's turned the world upside down. He's, he's just simply preaching the gospel. We come to chapter 26, and we've studied through that, and what Paul does is Paul stands before King Agrippa, and Paul just gives his testimony. He says, what am I supposed to do? This is what has happened to me. God has changed my life. I, I, I uh, used to persecute the Christians, but on my road to Damascus, I was enlightened. I, was, I, I saw the truth, and I was converted. And now he just simply says, I'm being obedient to God. I'm following after and doing what God has called me to do. And that's where Paul finds himself now in bondage because he is just simply being obedient to God. 
Paul's now come to chapter 27, and the Bible says this, that they set sail to Rome. And obviously, they're doing this by boat, and this is not an easy, easy uh, uh, path to get to Rome. Um, they don't have the modern conveniences of travel that we might have. They don't just put Paul on an airplane in just a couple hours, have him there in Rome. This is a, a, a very um, uh, dangerous uh, we'll find here in chapter 27, path that Paul is going to have to journey to get to Rome. In, as he's getting to Rome, I want you to pick up reading with me, if you would please, in verse number 8. Paul is, they've stopped, they, they, they stop at the different cities there along the Mediterranean, um, the different ports to, to, I'm sure, get supplies and uh, take care of the things that they need to so they can continue on their voyage. And Paul is, uh, says to them um, in verse 9, Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing and ship, but also to our lives. Paul's giving warning, and this is just something that Paul's perceiving, and, and um, this may just simply be that Paul has um, uh, sailed these paths on his missionary journeys before, the time of year, uh, whatever Paul is seeing, he is concerned that if they continue this at this time, that there's going to be much damage, much harm, he says. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the masters and the owner of the ship more than the things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not uh, commodious to winter in, more, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain Phoenice, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and the northwest. And when the south wind blew softly... Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship. Fearing lest they, they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, this is an awful storm. And the next day they, they lighten the ship. The third day we cast out with their, our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. I don't want you to miss that verse because this is the emotional place that these that are on this boat, this ship, have found themselves. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete, have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Paul says, he gets up and he says, I told you so. How many of you like it when people say, I told you so? I told you so. But be of good cheer. There's nothing to be happy about here. They, they're, they're going to lose their ship. The owner of this ship is going to lose it. 
The, the centurion, if the centurion makes it, uh, uh, Julius is his name, if he, if he makes it and he loses his prisoners or any of them escape, then it's his life. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot in this storm to be of good cheer. But Paul says to them, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He says it again twice. Be of good cheer. For I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. Father, would you help us today? As we study your word, Paul is in a great storm called Eurachlodon. For those that are on the ship, they think their life is lost. They've lost hope. Lord, that feeling of there's no way out. The storm is too great. There's no good that could come from it. And Paul's response from you was be of good cheer. And so, Lord, we, um, we need your Spirit's help today. I need your Spirit's help. And so, Lord, speak to each life, each heart. Strengthen and encourage. Lord, for many, we're in a storm. And Lord, there's some that are losing hope. And so, Lord, I pray that through your word that you would speak to us. Help us to find truth. Help us to be obedient to it. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul, in the beginning of this verse, these first eight verses that I did not read, we find there's a man by the name of Julius. And Julius is the centurion that's in charge of the prisoners. Paul is not the only prisoner that here is here on this boat, on the ship. There's others that are being taken. This is not just a ship of prisoners, but there's prisoners that they are, are, are making their way to Rome, and so they're hiring this ship to take these prisoners there. This man by the name of Julius, he finds favor, uh, Paul finds favor with him, and, and uh, uh, this actually comes out to be very helpful for Julius and for Paul. Because Paul, because he finds favor with Julius, Paul then has an opportunity to stand before them and to speak. I want you to see in this passage of Scripture, there's something very, very important, I believe, that, that we need to see here today. Paul is in this, this storm. In verse number uh, 14, I want you to see there and just kind of underline or write down that word, Eurachlodon. This is a storm of all storms. I mean, this is not just, well, let's just get through this. Maybe it's just overnight, or maybe it's just a little bit rocky, and we'll just weather this storm, just hunker down, and we're going to get through this. It's just going to be a difficult night. This storm, Eurachlodon, came to the place, the Bible says that uh, they, uh, it was, it was uh, uh, verse number 20, and when neither sun nor stars in many days had appeared and hope that we should be saved was then taken away 
This is a Eurocladon storm. This is the type of storm that Paul and the others on this ship have found themselves on. One that just won't go away. One that just continues to beat against the ship and continue to, to bring fear into their life. This is not one we just weather it and we get through it. This is one where the longer it goes, the more certain we are all hope is gone. We're not getting through this. It's a major storm. It's been interesting as we've been preaching through the book of Acts. We started the book of Acts last year before any of us even realized what 2020 was going to look like. Before we knew what, what uh, 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 the events of this year would bring. We started this, and, and I remember as I would study through this, the beginning of the book of Acts was such an exciting uh, 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 book because we read how God was blessing the church, and the church was growing, and the church was multiplying, and the church was being added to, and, added to, and people were, were being saved, and, and just great, wonderful things were happening. Paul, then with Barnabas, goes out, and not only there in Jerusalem, but in Antioch, churches are established, and then throughout Asia and Europe and the known world... To the place where the world was turned upside down because of the preaching of the gospel. We read of lives like Lydia and, and others, a Philippian jailer, whose their lives were changed, gloriously saved, and, and, and uh, their house was saved as well, and, and people were being saved, and lives were being changed. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that is when that's happening. But you know what we find as we come to the latter part of this book? Storms are something that are, that are inevitable, inevitable in our life as well. Storms are going to happen. Now, we, we love it when people are just being saved and, and everything good is happening and it just seems like, well, God is blessing us. But I want you to understand something. God still blesses in the storm as he does when it seems like everything is going well. Don't lose sight of this, church. And today, we look at this Eurocladon, this storm, this storm that it just, it's, a, it's the, the storm of all storms. It's the one that Paul feared. You would think this is a storm that the owner of the ship and the, and the captain of the ship, he should have known better because this is his occupation. Why is it that Paul, a tent maker, he knew, he perceived this storm was coming, but the captain of the ship didn't see it. Is that fair to Paul? Is that fair to all of those that are, are putting their lives in this captain, the owner of this ship's hand? I want you to write this down. I'm, I'm going to have you, hopefully you'll write several things down that, that uh, uh, maybe later, as you think through this, there'll be an encouragement to us and help to you. I want you to write this down, please. There are some storms that you have no say in. There are some storms in your life that you do not have a say in. You can't prevent. You can't avoid. You can't make better decisions to keep you out of it. There are going to be events and storms in your life. And I would say this, probably for many of us this year, we've been through many storms, and this is not something that we chose. It's not something that you did, and now you're paying the consequences of that, of that storm. 
Sometimes we go through storms and, and we're in those storms because simply we made a bad choice and because we made a bad choice, we're now dealing with the consequences of that choice. That's not where Eurachlodon is. That's not where Paul finds himself. There's storms that you have that you're going to have in life that you're not going to be able to avoid because you don't have a say in them. Paul was concerned about this voyage. Paul says, sirs, I've got some concern. I perceive that this is going to be dangerous to sail. And my advice was be this. Let's just find a place and hunker down during the winter and then take this afterwards. But Paul was concerned and and would, would, would cost him and and all those that were on board everything he says not only is the ship going to get ruined here he says in verse number 10 but our lives also is this is this sailing worth losing everything over now we don't read here in this portion of scripture that paul has been told by god that this storm is a great storm it's just simply something that paul perceives Later on, we see when Paul stands and says, be of good cheer, we find that he says, last evening, God spoke to me, and I'm giving you what God gave me. That's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is just simply saying, I, don't, I perceive this is going to be trouble. I perceive that we're going to find ourselves in major problems here. And his voice, as he gave it to the, to the centurion, the centurion didn't listen. But Paul still had to go through the storm. But I want you to understand something about storms. If God wanted to stop this storm, he could have. And if God wants to stop the storms in our life, he can. It doesn't make him only good when he does what we want him to do. God is good all the time. Even in the storms, God is good. When Paul stood, God was good. When Paul said we shouldn't go, God was good. When this ship was being tossed, God was good. When this ship was torn apart, God was still good. And God was still in control. I remember the disciples, if you would recall with me, as the disciples were in the boat and and Jesus was there sleeping in that boat and the disciples were being tossed there in the Sea of Galilee. They were like this in a great storm and and they thought their lives were over and and they they thought that this was the end and and they wake Jesus up and they they say, Jesus, we don't understand. How can you be sleeping? We're going to die here. And what did Jesus do? He simply stood and put out his hand and he said, peace be still. You know what that reminds me? That God is in charge of the storms. At any moment, God can change the storm. God could say, I'm not going to allow Eurachlodon to take place. I'm going to allow Paul to get uh, uh, to, this, to, the, to Rome so that Paul can accomplish in Rome what I choose for him to accomplish. Listen to me, I'm simply saying to the day that storms are going to come. Sometimes you don't have a say in it, but God is always in charge no matter what. God doesn't prevent us from, experiencing, from not experiencing every storm. And, and, I, and I want you to see there's no place in his word that he says, I'm going to prevent storms in your life. What he promises is that I'm going to be with you and never leave you nor forsake you in your storms. 
Although Paul sensed this storm was coming, God still allowed Paul to go through it. And hear me, church, this morning, there's got to be a benefit. And I know some of us aren't going to want to hear this. There's got to be a benefit that God allows us to go through storms. There's got to be. If there was no benefit to it, then God wouldn't allow it to happen. God was going to do something here in this Eurachlodon that Paul and Julius and the others on board, they were going to see how great God is. Why did Jesus allow those disciples to go through that, uh, that time of that storm, storm on the Sea of Galilee where he stood and, and said, peace be still? Because remember later on, the disciples even brought that up, that Jesus, he controls the seas. He's powerful because there was even a greater storm coming that the disciples were going to be involved in and they needed to have the faith that Jesus Christ was in control. And the storm is not the time for us to cower in fear. But the storm is a time for us to see how great God is. And so often, if we're not careful, believer, we look at the storm and we put our eyes on the storm and we put uh, uh, our emotions on the storm around us instead of keeping our eyes on the God who is over that storm. And I fear some are doing that now. I fear some that are living in such fear. It's almost like when a storm comes, God takes his hand off, and now I have to do something. And we're going to see that in just a moment. I want you to write this down, please, someplace. Storms of life are not always avoidable. Just mark that down. I I, I, I talked to a fellow one time. He had been married 60, 70 years or so, and he tried to convince us that he had never never fought with his wife in his marriage. And... and, um, uh, I don't think he was telling the truth, um, but, but um, you know, never had a fight day in my life. I don't believe you. <laughs> you know, marriage is, mo- one of, is the most wonderful thing. I was going to say one of the most wonderful things. It is the most wonderful thing. My wife is sitting in here. I better say that. Marriage is, is the most wonderful thing that you can experience, but you know what? There's going to be storms in it. You don't throw it out when storms come. Raising children. It's a thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But you know, there's storms in it. And God, storms are not always avoidable. We can't live our life always trying to get out or away from storms. There, there are some storms that appears that others have put us in. And those are frustrating storms. And if all we do in storms is start to blame people, we're not going to see what God wants us to have. And some of it is true, the the way someone treats you. Maybe there are some issues that are going on in your life and and, uh, it causes a storm. I I was in the hospital a month and a half or so ago with COVID and when I was in the emergency room, they wanted to put me in a a CT scan. Well, I am extremely claustrophobic. I mean extremely claustrophobic. And so they tried to put me in this CT scan, and they put my feet in. I said, no, no, we can't do this. I mean, it's only this wide. And I, and I had my feet in, and I said, nope, not doing it. 
And they, I, frustratedly, they had come in, they gave me some, some uh, uh, feel-good juice in my IV, and, and uh, I said, put me through as many times as you want. This is great, you know. <laughs> I've had MRIs, and same thing. I put me in the brace, they put me in MRI. Before I even get in the MRI, nope, not doing it. And the reason why is when I was four, I might have told you this, when I was four, the, the neighbor kid, the older kid up the street, would take and while I was out playing, come on in and he put me in their little furnace room, the little closet, and, and lock me in there and stand in front of the door and I couldn't get out. And I remember as a little kid, you know, and the furnace would go on and there, there were monsters in there. Yeah, feel bad for me, don't you? And, and I remember being in that dark little room as a four-year-old, and now, you know what? There's consequences now. Now, try to put me in an enclosed room, and I get upset and, and, and fearful, and, you know, those storms, that, that, that those things, somebody else did something that the, uh, put me in that place, but um, uh, same thing might be true for you. Maybe you went through some kind of financial ruin that, that someone else caused, a spouse or a parent or a... a, 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 a a co-owner of a business or maybe bad choices by someone else has caused you to be in a storm the reality is this maybe you're sitting here today and you're in a trial or you're in a storm and you say this is not something i did someone else did this to me as long as you're blaming someone else for the storm you'll never see your way through that storm these things affect us and they affect you and they affect our choices Now we find ourselves like Paul finds ourselves in a storm. I want you to see the mistake that we find. And if we're not careful, it's a mistake that we find ourselves in in the storm. I want you to look with me. Don't, Don't lose this, please. Look with me in verse number 17. Which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fail or fall into the quicksands, strike sail, And so we're driven. And look what they do again. And we being exceedingly tossed with tempest, the next day they lighten the ship. The third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither the sun nor the stars, you know what they're saying in verse number 20, by the time they get to the verse number 20, we've done everything we possibly could. You know what we found ourselves in? The storm. We, we threw things off, we, 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 we uh, uh, got rid of, of, of the tackle, we've gotten rid of, of the, the uh, we tried to strengthen the ship, we've done everything in we're, our might to, to save this ship, and we're still in the storm. And, and, and hear me, church, this is where many of us find ourselves, when we get into the storm, we try to do everything we possibly can to get ourselves out of the storm, or to make it through the storm. They got rid of some, some necessary equipment. They, they're throwing food and they're throwing supplies overboard to try to lighten the ship. You know what they're doing? They're doing things to try to, to get their way through the storm that it's only going to find them in more trouble later on. All right, you got through the storm. How are you going to eat now? <laughs> all right, you got through the storm, but all your supplies are gone. You know what I see the mistake here is this. They take matters into their own hands to try to get them through this storm. Please don't lose this today. 
I, I'm really, I'm trying to help us today. And as I studied this chapter and the Lord just really spoke to me, boy, it helped me because at times I do the same thing. What can I do to fix this? Almost like, all right, Lord, what, what help do you need from me today? Because obviously you're not doing anything. Now, we, we wouldn't say that. But our actions kind of at times say, you're not doing enough, you need my help. And we panic and we make decisions. And, and oh, listen to me, when you find yourself in a storm and you start depending upon your intellect and you start depending upon your wisdom and you start depending upon your knowledge, you will find yourself in more trouble. Because you can't get yourself through the storm. You are not the God of the storm. You are what God is allowing to go through the storm, but you can't fix the storm. And you know what happens finally? What happens when all is lost and all energy is, is gone and, and all of your strength is gone? You know what you do? You realize that neither sun nor stars in many days have appeared. And all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Their emotions got to the place where they thought this, all hope is gone. There is no help. And oh, listen to me, the most dangerous place you can get, the greatest mistake you can find yourself in is when you're in a storm and you've lost hope. But I would say this to you, when you find yourself at that place, God is still in control. Because the mistake is that we take matters into our own hands. The mistake is that we come to the place where we have lost all hope. The mistake is that we think that there's something that we can do to get us out of this situation, but we come to the place where we find, no, there's nothing I can do. The reason why all hope was uh, lost is because they were looking to the wrong place for hope. And the reason why we get to the place in our, in our trials, in our storms, that we want to give up and we want to walk away and we just want to quit and we want this all to, to be gone, the reason why we get to that place is because we're looking to the wrong place for hope. Hope is never going to be found in how smart you are or how much knowledge you have. Listen to me, the same captain and the same owner uh, that said, no, we're going to be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll make this sale and we'll get through this and we're going to get to Rome. I've done this before. We are, what do they call them? Captains. Um, ca captains, right? There's a captain sitting down front here. That's why I'm asking him. We know what we're doing. We've made this voyage before. <laughs> they didn't realize they didn't know what they were doing. And even though they made this voyage before, this storm comes, and their wisdom isn't going to see them through this. But I want you to see this, number three, the solution in the storm. Number two, we find the mistake they made. Number three, I want you to see the solution in the storm. Look with me in verse number 23, if you would, please. For their, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there, sh there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, 
Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Goes on to say uh, this, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as I was told. Go back in verse number 23, and I hurry here. He said this, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, And there's a phrase here that Paul says, and I don't want you to miss it. He says this, three words, whose I am. Listen to me. Remember who you belong to. Paul Paul is, 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 is saying in verse number 21, I told you so. I knew we shouldn't have done this. But, but it's not up to me. I want you to know that, that God met with me and, 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 and he told me that we're going to be okay. And, and he says these three words, whose I am. Remember who you belong to. You know what he's saying? I belong to God. I am his. I am his child. Don't forget in every single storm, don't forget in the trials of your life, the Eurachlodons of our lives, we belong to God. We're His. And Paul adds those three words in the middle of this. He could have left those out, but he chooses to make sure they understand I am His, I'm His child. I'm here on this ship because I belong to God, because he, he saved me, because I was converted there on that way to Damascus. Don't ever forget, child of God, who you belong to. Don't ever forget, as the uh, psalmist wrote in Psalm chapter number 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me besides the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name sake and yea though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death what's he say I will fear no evil why because thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou repairest the table before me in the presence of my enemies thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over and all I love verse 6 surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever you know what the psalmist was saying I belong to God you know, Paul is saying, I belong to God. And you know what we must say in our Eurachlodon, in our trial? I belong to God. I am his child. And that's a promise that all of us ought to enjoy. The mistake is we try to take matters into our own hand. The solution is realize and remember who you belong to. Secondly, I want you to see the solution is remember who you belong to. Secondly, I want you to see that we're to trust his word. Look what Paul says in verse number 24. Saying, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. You know what Paul said? I'm going to trust his word. I'm going to trust his word. When you get yourself into a trial, trust his word. I've talked to people and they've said, boy, I wish God would, would tell me what I need to do. And, and I say to him, he already has. 
oh, listen to me, 2020 has been a, a difficult year, and, there, and, and, and I know it's not over yet, and, and there still may be more to come, and, and people say, I'm not sure what to do. Trust His Word. I, I, I like the end of it. We know the end of the story. We know what's going to happen. We know there's going to be a time that the, uh, uh, the world is going to get worse and worse. We know there's going to be a time where it just seems like great persecution has come upon those that follow Christ. We know those things are going to happen. But we also know this, that the trump is going to sound, that the dead in Christ are going to rise, and those that remain are going to meet them in the clouds forever, and we're going to be with Jesus Christ. We know that he's going to rapture his church. We know we're going to be with Jesus forever. We know that we're saved. Listen to me, trust his word when you rock comes. Trust his word when those trials come. When you get to the place where you have lost hope. When you get to the place where you know there's nothing you can do. It's a trial. It's a storm. It seems like it just continues to beat against you. Remember who you belong to and remember to trust his word. Oh, Christian, we get to the place sometimes where we run scared. We get to the place sometimes where things happen and we get concerned and we want to quit trust his word in psalm 119 105 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and then thirdly under the solution would you look look with me in verse number 25 paul says it one more time wherefore sirs be of good cheer for I believe God. Some of us today, we need to tell our faces, <laughs> we need to tell our emotions, we need to remind ourselves, our hearts, to be of good cheer. He, listen to me, now is not the time for every Christian in this world to be miserable. Because I believe God. Now's not the time for us to walk around hopeless and fighting and bickering and, 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 and frightened and scared and in fear. Why? Because I believe God. Paul, I, I want to remind you something here. Sometimes when we read Scripture and we're not there, we, Paul is saying this as the storm is beating against the boat. Things have not gotten any better. Matter of fact, they're continually to get worse. In just the next few verses, the ship is going to fall apart. They're going to have to grab onto pieces of the ship and, and, and float and swim to shore. It's not like the storm stopped, the sun came out, we saw into heaven and Paul said, be of good cheer. No, there's things flying around and the rain is coming. They still haven't seen the sun. They still haven't seen the stars. They're, they're, they're days and nights and days and nights into this storm. And Paul stands as the boat is, is, is uh, shaking, as the waves are coming on board, as the weather just seems so miserable, as they've lost hope. And he says, be of good cheer. I believe God. And in the greatest storm right now, Christians need to stand up and say, be of good cheer. I believe God. Be of good cheer. 
He is on his throne. He is working this out. He is the God of this storm. And his ways are going to be accomplished. Church, be of good cheer. For we believe God. He's going to see us through. He's got a plan. You know what he says here in this, this, this chapter? He says, Paul, you're going to Rome. Endure the storm. Caesar is going to hear the gospel. Endure the storm. And I would say to all of us here today, learn to endure the storm and believe God. Paul didn't say, pray right now and the storm will be gone. Throw me overboard like Jonah and the storm will be gone. Jesus isn't going to get up and say, peace be still. No, they are going to get shipwrecked and they're going to float on on pieces of the ship and they're going to be uh, uh, stranded on an island. And Paul says, be of good cheer. We have enough miserable Christians in this world. We have enough miserable Christians. I tell you, I'm at the place now. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> I, I, I am so wearied on miserable Christians. I say, as Paul says, be of good cheer. I believe God. And I don't know what storm you're going through. And it may even be a Eurachlodon, the greatest storm you'll ever go through. And Paul's solution was, be of good cheer. I believe God. Who do you believe today? Yourself, that you can get through this, you'll lose hope. Or God, in your attitude, will show who you believe. Father, help us today. Lord, help the miserable one who has no cheer, who's constantly complaining, who's constantly looking at the storm instead of looking to you. Oh God, help us to believe your word. And there may be some, Lord, maybe that are listening to this message by online or maybe they're sitting here today and they've lost hope. God, restore them with hope. May they get their eyes off of this storm and their eyes on Jesus Christ. And as that song sings, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Help us to do this today. Encourage us, Lord. Lord, in the midst of a storm, we can say, I believe God.